Welcome to The Complete Musician, creativity at its core, exploring innovative musical ideas, thoughts, and techniques for the modern musician in today's society, with your hosts, James Nagus and Drew Phillips. podcast i am james and i'm joined by drew and we're going to talk about something today but i'm not exactly sure so i will turn it over to drew and uh we'll get this thing rolling so what are we talking about today well i'm going to take the pressure off of you of this podcast i know you feel the the uh weight of it um but i'm taking the pressure off of you because i am starting a mini-series! Woo-hoo. It's our first mini-series we've ever done, and it'll be very exciting. Uh, and this is going to be a series on creativity Ooh. and about some uh, creative activities that we can use uh, to get better at some fundamental skill. Wait, what is creativity? Creativity is doing something in a non-conventional way. Oh, okay. I was going to say doing things in a creative way. But I guess you can't define it with the word, huh? I well, we learned that somewhere. I don't, I don't know. Some ways you can words you can only define by using the Get same word. That's true. Get but in this it. case, what are we doing that's creative? So in, in each week of this mini series, uh, we're going to have a different fundamental activity, and I'm going to talk about maybe a way that you can creatively practice said skill or concept uh, that will be much more enjoyable to. Uh, to work on than just doing the old conventional way of learning certain things. Now, of course, it's not the end-all, be-all of getting better at said activity, but it could be a way that you might enjoy more than just doing kind of what's always been done. Yeah, I, I guess practice usually has a negative connotation with it. Like, we're forced to practice, and we force our students to practice, and that's not a, a fun thing because... I don't know, maybe maybe it's because we're just doing the same thing over and over again. But if we do something different and creative, then that can almost make it enjoyable, huh? Yeah, and so uh, that's what my purpose is, is to kind of make the practicing more enjoyable by practicing these skills and, and concepts that we all need to get better at or need to learn, um, but in a way that maybe you haven't tried before. So anyway... So this first week is going to be one of your favorite things I know. And is it tacos? Uh, not yet. Uh, maybe oh. one day we'll talk about a better fundamental way to eat tacos. Because that um, is pretty much my favorite thing. Other than shoving it in your face, which is the only way to eat tacos. <laughs> but uh, this week is, I'm sorry everyone else who's not a horn player is listening because this is going to be horn specific. Sorry. Oh, I think I know what it is. Oh, okay. Uh, well, then you can tell me if you're right. Uh, but I have decided that this week the first creative activities are going to be on trilling. Oh, no, I was wrong. <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> I thought it was something I actually enjoyed doing. No, Well, was... I know. Oh, you love trilling. Anyway. Well, uh, I so... guess I was going to say overtone series, which this probably is a little bit of overtone series. Oh, totally. It definitely has. Just very fast. Yeah, it definitely has elements of overtone series. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about trilling. Sorry, everyone else listening, but this is going to be horn specific for a little bit. So as horn players, 
we all need to know how to trail, or at least we need the flexibility to be able to turn a pitch over really, really quickly and really controlled. I think of how uh, like regional honor bands and stuff, their, their solos that they have to learn are usually like the Mozart concerti, right? Mm-hmm. And when you give the Mozart concerti to middle and high school students, the chances are they don't have a developed trill. And I always think of what Jeffrey Agrell says in which you shouldn't play Mozart if you don't have a trill. Yeah, or I know some people that in the case of Mozart are like either do the lip trill or don't do anything at all. Like don't do a clunky valve trill. Or so like silence? <laughs> <laughs> the end of the piece? body, but it up. I mean, that would be creative in a kind of cagey and sort of way. Interesting. Uh, but anyway, well, we all at least need the flexibility to turn over pitches quickly because sometimes we have to play uh, maybe not even trilled, but maybe we have to play passages that alternate between maybe the same fingerings and quick little things that we have to move through, and we need that, that control. So I just condensed it into thinking trill because that's a skill and concept that really we need to learn. So mm-hmm. for trills, basically, I think there are a, a few ways that I've heard that is just the way to learn to trill. One of them is by using Coprosh number five. Right. That body, that thing that goes into triplets and then it goes into 16th notes. And that's, that's a good exercise. It's good because it approaches the, the flip from the bottom and the top. Not discounting it. It goes faster. Great. Uh, another is just to, you know, put on a metronome and do, you know, whatever note value you want, eighth note, sixteenth note, something, um, or triplets, whatever, evenly, and just keep clicking up the metronome. Mm-hmm. And there's merit to that, too. I'm definitely not saying those don't work because there are people who have learned to do that by, learned to trill by using those methods. And that's great. But I think maybe there's also ways of doing that that could be a little bit more fun. So one of the ways that I thought that you could creatively practice trills is by picking, like, your favorite tune. So my favorite tune is definitely Mary Had a Little Lamb. And because, oh, that's what I was going to say, too. Yeah, and because I don't like saying the whole title, I just call it, with all my oral skills classes, I just call it Mary Had Lambs. So Mary <laughs> Had Lambs is my favorite song. And so a way that I think you could practice it, we all know the Mary Had a Little Lamb tune. So one of the ways that you can start by practicing trills is by taking every note and by flipping up really quickly to the next note, like this. So in that, I just quickly flipped up to the next overtone part. So like you were saying, this is just overtone stuff. So I was playing this in C horn, and so I fingered one and three, starting on that B, and I just flipped up. Uh, to the next note in the overtone series um, on each of the the pitches that I played. What you can do next, after you get that good and uh, good and consistent, is maybe progress until instead of flipping up just once, flip twice, like this. So 
that's just being able to start the pitch when you need to and flipping up quickly. Now, if you can't do it quickly at first, that's okay. Go slow. Find out how little you actually need to move to make the flip happen. So then after that, another thing you could do is you can do kind of what we're doing with flipping, but doing consistent exercises in maybe an upper neighbor or a lower neighbor exercise. And by that, I mean playing in a specific rhythm, but consistently going between notes. Like in this next exercise I'm going to play, I'm going to play just upper neighbors to each pitch consistently. I can also do this with lower neighbors. So instead of going up to the next overtone partial, I could go down to the next overtone partial like this. After that, if that wasn't consistent, then I can always put a metronome on it. And I can do it consistently to make sure that I'm oscillating between the pitches evenly because we know that trills aren't anything that unless they're consistent and controlled between two pitches. After that, we can just put that all together and we can learn, get to that point where we can play Mary Had a Little Lamb and flip on every single note un quickly until we're trilling consistently going between each note of the melody like this. So that's just one way that I thought of a creative way of practicing trilling. I get my students to do that, and they can pick whatever melody they want. Some use Mary Had a Little Lamb. Some people have used um, London Bridge. Some people have used Twinkle Twinkle. Um, anything that we can play in the overtone series, and that's not like some super whiz-bang hard melody, is a great way to institute some creative ways to do that rather than just doing clicking up on the metronome you know, one click a day. Yeah, I think that's great, and I think the kind of important thing here is that you're contextualizing a skill within a musical context. You're putting it in something that has more than just um, kind of a, a boring or sterile environment where we're actually having a tune, and that makes it kind of fun and, and kind of a challenge, and I think that's great. Um, one thing, too, that I think we want our listeners to make sure is that if you pick a melody where you can really only do this, at least within more conventional lip trill-ness, I suppose, uh, <laughs> with something like uh, overtone seven and up, because that's right. starting with whole step, but really thinking like probably eight through 12. That's what There's I'm a ton of different melodies between that you can do there. Like you're doing C horn one and three, um, so it's G through D, and that works really well. If you, you could do that on the lower ones, but then it would be probably a little trickier and it'd be more tremolos which is also a good skill to practice but if we're just practicing the closeness together of the partials then overtone really seven and up is going to be what we need to work with so anyway that's my creative trill exercise do you have any kind of creative trill exercises that you do that aren't conventional or standard from what we've you know done maybe coprosh or just kind of going up on a metronome well, when I'm thinking of trilling, I haven't really 
put it in the context of a tune like you've done, but the thing that I like to think about is the idea of the fence between two notes. And I guess, I don't know if this is really creative or it's just talking about a skill, but it's where you're, if you're going between two notes, um, aim for that area in the middle, the kind of the crest point where the note flips. And um, like you were saying, if you're going to try to make the note flip up, it's almost bending, bending slightly, slightly until the note hits and then go immediately back. So like, like this. And you can do the same thing going down to notes, but ultimately when you're trilling, instead of thinking the core of, say, G to the core of A, you're just going as close on either side of that fence as possible, really aiming for the middle of those two notes. Again, that's not really creative, but it's kind of a different way to visualize it, imagery. So, Well, cool. Uh, so that's maybe a way that if you haven't thought about trilling or you don't just want to keep doing your number five coprosh or going up on the metronome, uh, try it this way. And, and again, it's not an end-all, be-all, and I'm not discounting those other methods, but it could just be a more interesting way for you to end your practice session or work on a skill that you might enjoy more. And for something like lip trills, which is kind of the earlier you can start your students doing them, the better. Because for me, it's been a long road, and it, it's a skill that takes a long time me too. to develop. So I, I really like, yeah, if you can – the idea of having it with a tune and making it fun, making anything a game, of course, is a great way um, to motivate students to actually do it. So that was our first uh, our first skill in our creative activity mini-series that we're doing. So uh, James didn't know what this one was this week, so I kind of took him by surprise. But I'll tell you, next week, you can go ahead and think about it, next week, your creative activities have to be on articulation. How are you going to? What creative activities are you going to use to get better at articulation? I know you want to answer now, but I'll give you a week to think about it. And as you think about those ideas, that's going to do it for this episode. We thank you for joining us again, as always. And if you have any questions, comments, or um, want to even answer in advance either next week's topic or put in your thoughts about how you creatively approach lip trills feel free to send us an email or just leave a comment below and as the brilliant thomas edison once said many of life's failures are experienced by people who did not realize how close they were to a mariachi band getting on their subway car <laughs>